Well, the critics are cheering a new movie called Inception, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Some are calling it the best of the summer blockbusters by far. But does Sandy Kenyon agree? He joins us now with his review. <laughs> I am not going to be the leader of the pack on this one, Michelle. Laurie and Jeff, Inception was made by the director of The Dark Knight, and it's the kind of personal project a guy gets to make after such a huge blockbuster hit. Inception is expensive and elaborate, complicated and confused, easy to admire, but hard to understand. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Dream a little bigger, darling. And welcome to yet another episode of Movie Sucktastic, episode 18. Wait, wait a minute. That's not Scott. It's not Scott. It's actually Jake Scully. Uh, no, it's Joe Guida. I am back. Back. I am back after From being the- kidnapped by Avatar fans. I'm still not ready to talk about it. Yeah, we don't have time. We got other stuff to talk about. We don't about. have time, but I am back. Yeah, but you are not Jake Sully. I am not Jake Sully, even though they tried. They really did try. Right. But, uh... We'll have, our, to, we'll have to work on the blue face paint. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I was a bit baby blue. Baby steps, baby steps. I was a bit blue. I, I Again, I won't get into it. It's am I blue <laughs> for you? Uh, well, actually, what we're going to talk about is Inception. No! No. Well, no. I mean, well, for what episode is this? This is episode eighteen. No, we're gonna walk, we're gonna build up to it. But yeah, Inception and Dreamscape. Yes. Which and we're we're not the first people to make the connection between the two. I've been seeing no. a lot of reviews online of people jumping in. Like, oh, if you think this is good, you should see what happened twenty five years ago. And I'm one of those people, and so is Joe. Right. We'll be talking a bit about that too. Well, yeah, and the thing with uh, with Dreamscape is it's kind huh? of a forgotten film. You know, yeah. And, so they're, and, they're and, calling Inception a truly original film, and, and with a lo- and with reason. Yeah, and a lot of the film is original, but the idea of going into people's dreams—that's not an original concept. No, but we'll, we'll, but, but I don't even think Dreamscape did it first. We're going to talk about that when we talk about Dreamscape, okay? Because there's there's a bit going on there about that. All right. So what but, do you want to do? But well, I want to say welcome back, Joey. Thank you. Uh, I've been getting it's good to be back. I've been getting reams. All right. Actually, no one no one wrote in complaining you weren't there. Oh. But but no one wrote in complaining that uh, saying that they were happy you were gone. So I think it, it's a wash. Okay. Verbally, I've had a lot of people say that that. That it's really that while I was handling things quite well on my own, I thought so. That there that there was a rapport missing. They would actually play some of the episodes to kind of taunt me a bit. Yeah, you know <laughs> when but, I was captured. But it's it's just so much more. Yeah, here's what your guys doing now. I huh? like that. You like that? <laughs> it's like yeah. He said Christian Slater instead of Ashton Kutcher. I'd be like no. Come just on. once, once, just once. And let's be fair, Ashton Kutcher, Christian Slater—they both got to get kind of. There's, there's like, a, like a, all right, there's a rhythmic, a there's a rhythmic feel there. in there that the shish and the they have a lot of cushions in there. It's like, it's like uh, so that helps you sleep better. It, it doesn't. Okay, it doesn't. All right, but um, Tylenol PM helps me sleep better. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I am back. The, this isn't to say that I will be back for every single episode. No, no. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still going through some. 
things. Therapy sessions. Yeah. Heavily uh, and, so uh, Scott will definitely have more of the reins. And they'll, they'll still be the. Uh, I'd say there'll be, there'll be at least one Scottastic episode for every Sucktastic episode. We I do. think so. Sure. And you yeah. know, I, I am actually looking forward to guests being on. Oh yeah. No, you you heard about that? Yeah. yeah uh, the Lug- my Lugosi book is coming out in about yep. a month now. And I've already talked to uh, Charlie Rowe, my co-writer. Okay. He's going to be doing uh, one movie with me. Uh, my publisher, Patrick. Sounds good. He will be doing an episode with me. I'm hoping to get uh, Sean Philip Hines, Esquire. That'd be great. I'd uh, love to be present for that. By oh, the way. that would be great. So. Uh, maybe maybe um, Don uh, Don Smith. Oh, sure. Uh, a writer friend of ours. I'd love to get definitely. I'd oh, and uh, you know Robert Schneck. I love too. Robert Schneck, but he's busy on his novel right now, and yeah. he when he's writing, he he locks himself in the basement. He's got like the the, the sub sub basement with the long tunnel with the, the with the lights. And from what I hear, that's yeah. really not an exaggeration. No, it's not. Yeah. When you go in, it, <laughs> the, the lights go off. You know the keep. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the, it's sure. like the keep. He, he actually has a series of silver crosses around the house to prevent him from leaving until the book is done. Wow. Yes, but but he's dedicated, and that's how you get stuff done. Yeah, sure. So, what are we going to talk about first? You want to do the. Wanna, wanna I, I miss doing the... I, let's, let's talk briefly about the top ten. I miss doing the top ten. Want to do the top ten? Yes. All right, here's the top ten. Uh, number one this weekend... Now, these are, these are estimates. These are actually... These are estimates, of course. Of course. Tomorrow will be the you know hard numbers, but they're usually pretty close. Right. Uh, Inception will be the number one movie. It's estimated to make $60 million uh-huh. this weekend, which... I kind of thought it would be the number one film, but I was actually... I'm actually a little bit surprised that it's going to be... As high as sixty million, because if you kind of look at Nolan's other films, other than the Batman films, they never—they're always brilliant, but they never do. Now be they f- never did did this kind of money. Be fair, before the Batman films, he did a lot of art house stuff. Me- Memento was not a wide no, widescreen release. No, no. It, it did. Following was never even really a release. No, really. and then you had Insomnia, which was his follow up to Memento, which which did okay. I think I think that was a remake too, and I've seen the original. I think that was right. just that was you know what that was that was Sam Raimi when he did uh, for the love of the game. Okay, that was him yeah. proving that he could make a movie. Sure. That's the studio saying, "Here, here's something. We're not really that invested in it, but we got some names in it. Proved us you can do a real film." And then, he, and then he right. proved he could do a real film. So okay, and that he could handle real talent. And then it became okay. Maybe we'll let you do Batman after right. after uh, the Pie Guy backs out. Right. You know. And then he uh, after Insomnia, he kind of just he did, he went right into Batman Begins. He, he kind of went that, on hiatus that's for about three years. That's what, but it, I think p- part of that was preparation, because right. after, uh, what's his name backed out? The Pie Guy. What's his name? The Pie Guy? A- Aronofsky. He was going to do it, and he backed out. Oh, Darren out. Aronofsky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the that, Pie Guy. I'm yeah. so happy he backed out, though. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, as much as I like his stuff, you know, as much as I like The Wrestler, and as much as I like well, The Fountain, I, I just don't think... I just don't think he would have been able to do Batman. From what I remember, and I, I'm not 100% on this, I believe he backed out because he was a hardcore fan of the comic book, and I believe he was not happy with, with making any kind of changes to it. He really wanted to go true to the comic book, Okay, and uh, that's why he uh, backed out. And I think Nolan was able to, to mix faithfulness with reinventing. Because you you have to you have to reinvent to an extent with something like Batman. Sure. Because also let's be fair, Batman's been reinvented over the years in the comic book alone. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. You know, it's just, sure. just like Iron Man, just like Wolverine, just like any character that's been around for thirty right. years or so, thirty forty years. And then you would expect after Batman Begins, because when that first came out, it didn't do huge money its opening weekend. It only did about forty million, forty five million, something like that, somewhere in that range. It didn't crack the fifty, and it was because it was right after. 
you know, Batman and Robin, and everyone was just really worried. Yeah. What's the matter? Yeah, Teary, this, 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 this is so nice having you here spouting out random numbers I can never remember. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. And I don't, it I don't, really I don't have to, to, to scream at the computer because IMDb is not showing me what I want to know. <laughs> if you could have got in touch with me, you know, you know, kind of retracted that uh, that review, which was kind of the only reason they were holding me. Well, I, I'm not going to do that. And, well, see, I did, <laughs> did, hear, I did. I did hear that in your last podcast. Did they tell you they let you go if I did? Of course. They told you that? Yeah. Yeah, they were lying. I wouldn't believe them. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, you would think after Batman Begins, after it was a huge success. Yes. Uh, not by any... Not huge. It did make over $200 million, but the whole thing of it was it had such critical acclaim. You know, it started off slow, and then everyone was like, this is a brilliant film. He went in to do The Prestige, and it... Did, brilliant. It, it, brilliant film. Better than the book. I read the book. Better than the book. Okay, uh, bring, but you would if, think if after, you disagree with me, please bring it on because I read the book after the film, and I do have a partial for the film. But I thought the book was a bit off and a bit harder to follow and believe. Right, and I, I don't know. I just thought the film was much more. Um, it was much. It was handled. Okay, uh, much more expertly. But to kind of wrap up with Nolan, you would think the Prestige would have done a lot better because of how brilliant his other films are. You would kind of expect it to do well, and it didn't. It did okay. You know, it didn't kill his career, obviously, because then he came back with The Dark Knight and then I, I, just like, I just like the fact that from now on, I think every film he makes is going to have Michael Caine in it. <laughs> every yeah, film. Yeah, but the only one that didn't is Memento and uh, Insomnia, that was before, I think. Uh, that was before, yeah. But he's only what? made? He's made... Uh, Half a dozen movies. Well, if you include following, it's one, two, Which three, is a real film, four, so I would, five, I would include it. Seven, this is only a seventh film. Yeah, that's not like a short film, but that's a real film, so I would include following. Okay, so... But so that's that's, that's kind of like the gist on Christopher Nolan and Inception for yeah, the weekend. That's number one for sixty. It's, it's number one at sixty million. You got number two with Despicable Me at thirty-two million, which dropped like forty percent. But they actually raised the theater count because it's gotten so much uh, right. positive word of mouth and so much positive. It's reviews. opening weekend itself was in the sixty million range. I don't know anybody who has not loved this film. I love. I haven't this film. actually seen it yet. Just you know, freshly escaping. I saw it at Becky's drive-in, enjoying my freedom at the time. And I tell you, I, I loved it. It was I laughed harder than I have in, in a while at a film. It was just really well written, yeah. well done. This and the funny thing too is before it, they showed five trailers, right? And out of those five kids trailers, only one of them was decent. Have you seen the trailer for Tangled yet? The no. new Disney no, Rapunzel, god awful. Really? Oh wow! Is it CGI? It's uh, it's all CGI these days, but I think it is. Yeah, I think it is CGI. Well, you know, every, you know, yeah, they, they pull Princess and the Frog. You know, you know, and it, right, but, you, but yeah, I think, I, but if I remember correctly, it was CGI. But it was one of the things where they're throwing jokes out and there's stuff happening. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be cute. And it's and not. I'm like this dead deadpan. It's like, yeah, please, please, please amuse me. And I want to be amused. I'm not sure. trying to be a hard ass because no. the first one they showed was by the makers of Shrek. And Amelia, I'm, I'm ready to hate it. Yeah. It's like, oh, you motherfuckers, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Bring another fucking Shrek sequel on. And, and it's there's like, our mature it's called, rating. And it's called a uh, motherfucker. <laughs> and it's called a uh, uh, Big Brain or uh, Brainiac. Ah, oh, I forgot the name now, but it's like a uh, Mega Brain. Mega Brain? Mega Brain. Okay. And it's and it's, it's supposed to be like a superhero versus a supervillain. Yeah, the, I've been away for a while. I, I, none but, of these are ringing a bell right now. But the superhero is supposed to be like, is like really cool. I think... Uh, um, Ed Norton does the voice. Okay. No, no, Brad Pitt. Brad, Brad Pitt is the Pitt? voice okay. of the good guy. And uh, oh, that guy from Superbad does a voice in it too. I'm so fucking sick of him. 
Oh, Michael Sarah. Oh, Chubby, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill should just really kill himself right now because I'm getting so fucking tired of him. I, I, you I, know I, what? I, I completely agree. Uh, He's kind of out of the entire. His stardom has kind of risen too fast. Out of, out of the entire, Michael Sarah is getting annoying, but at least he's still. And, like interesting and entertaining, right? And uh, Seth Rogen, I haven't gotten sick of yet. And I think Seth Rogen like stopped doing stuff at a certain point because he realized he was on the Although, verge of it. Uh, what Green Hornet's coming out, and that might kill him. Yeah, it, it's but, you never know. But uh, it is a January release. Too, what's his so. name that you just mentioned? The name of I, I don't Michael Sarah. Michael no the the guy I'm talking about. Oh Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill can't stand him. He's got a voice in it. But it's like it's a it's a villain versus a hero. Okay. And you're and you're kind of rooting for the villain in, the, in this trailer, and it's like, wow, this is just like Despicable Me kind of. But the great thing about it is that's like a superhero supervillain thing. Right. Despicable Me is more like a Bond villain, and they even play with the, okay. the score is even kind of like a Bond score. It's very Bond. And they really take that kind of like Bondish supervillain. Like, there, there are. I'm not going to ruin anything for you. Okay. But there's one point in the film about 15 minutes in where I totally lost it because it was a setup for a joke, and it's 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 a joke that's in the background. Okay. And okay. And that's all I can say. It's like they, it's brilliantly, it's brilliantly written, and I and I wouldn't rave any further on it. But I just had the, I really love this movie. I'm going to own it when it comes out. And if you haven't seen Despicable Me, I've been telling everybody to see it. Right. I have not talked to one person who said anything less than wonderful, brilliant, a joy. Okay. So yeah. Uh, all right. Number three, moving on, is The Sorcerer's Apprentice, <laughs> and uh, it's Nicolas Cage, and it's uh, Jay. Uh, Borchel or Bechamel or Bechamel Sauce. I, 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 can, yeah, I don't I know. know. I don't remember his last name. But it's a Disney film. It, it You know? I don't know. It, it could, looks like it could be fun. It looks like Nicolas Cage is kind of moving into films that he might want to start doing ever since, you know, I, think I saw him in Kick-Ass, which I thought he was Nic- excellent Nicolas in. Nicolas Cage is moving into the I'm being sued for like a billion dollars and I'll do any film that comes my way mode. Yeah. That's what he's into. That he's, I have to sell my castle... What's on the line? Oh, Disney's hiring. You think he just got lucky with Kick Ass then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I, I mean, I, I think he's an actor that in the past has always done stuff that uh, that interested him. Right. And I think that now that he's being having his ass suit off and he's losing all this money because he he had no idea how to manage his money, that he's just pretty much taking any job that comes yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're buying mansions and what uh, dinosaur dinosaurs and, and, yeah. yeah and have them set up when, and, when yeah, you're okay. making Michael Michael Jackson look uh, thrifty. <laughs> yeah. But I tell you the one thing I'll say about Sorcerer's Apprentice yeah. is that I saw the trailer for Sorcerer's Apprentice and it looked kind of fun. It's like you know, I'd see that. If I had to see it, if it was on video, I'd watch it. Uh, Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief. Yeah. That trailer. Yeah. No no interest whatsoever. No desire. Yeah. I was I like, had, I, had I was like, if, if, if you gave me a free ticket, I was like, yeah, maybe I could do something else instead. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I agree. Uh, okay, moving on is the Twilight Saga clips. We're not going to get into it <laughs> because you did a whole podcast on it, but it, it's at $264 million already. So you know there's going to be another film. I saw Inception it, last ne- night. They're never not going to make films. I for saw this. Inception last night at the drive-in, the double feature. The yeah. second film was Eclipse. Yeah. If it was the first film, I don't know if I could have taken it again. I'm, ugh. I I haven't seen any of them, and I'm very proud to have said I haven't seen. Yeah, any especially of them. since you stiffed me at the first I one. I know. Second hey, one. You stuffed me at the second one. I was kidnapped by Avatar fans. I think we're even. No, I think I think we even when I make you watch those as well as Avatar for eighty <laughs> times. All right, moving on is Toy Story three. That's a number five movie with eleven million, and I've got no that's desire. that's already up. To, that's three hundred sixty-two million. I have no already. desire to see it. I don't either, but I hear it's that's, as good as the first. But two you know films. what? After ten, years... and I hear it's a you know how, it, how it's an original. Concept. Has it been ten years since the last film came out? Uh, it's been more. Yeah, 
It's been more. Actually, Actually, the last one came out the same summer as Batman and Robin. I I, remember seeing both in the same week. uh, And that was in 97, so it's 13 years ago. When it comes to cult films, and they do like a sequel 10 years later, like like, I think Highlander was a bit of a stretch. Yeah. That's cool, because that's different. That's like, okay, we finally got around to realizing it's a gem, let's do it. But when a mainstream film, they wait like 12 years, like, oh, we're going to do a sequel? Say, just do something else. Yeah. I, I just... Well, you know what? It's really Pixar's only... And I was... I was only a, fil- only movie that they make sequels for. Now, although I hear they're doing Cars 2, but... Oh, good. Story- that makes two Cars films I cannot watch. <laughs> but uh, as far as that goes, Toy Story 3 is the only sequel... The only one that they'll make sequels for. I, I will not watch anything with talking cars. Kids love it. Herbie never that's talked. All, that's all I can say. Herbie Kids never talked. And... Yeah, you're right. Herbie yeah, didn't talk. That's right. Wonderbug didn't talk. Wonderbug. <laughs> Kit talked, but that's different. That's a different thing entirely. It was totally different. That wasn't a cartoon. Uh, neither was Wonderbug, but that's and neither was Herbie, so that's neither here nor there. Uh, number six film was Grown Ups with $10 million. That's People saw that? Yeah, they've. it's made $130 million. Oh, Jesus. You know what? Everything that Adam Sandler touches does turn to gold. It's ridiculous. Oh. This film, from what I hear, is really bad too. I hear it's really, really bad. Yeah, you know, I, I Even saw the, the, the just the trailer alone, where the they're in the pool alone. and they're sitting in uh, blue water because they're peeing in it. It's just nothing funny about it. And it, I can't give it the kids' film pass. Like, oh, it's a kids' film because it's not a kids' film. It's about no. four adults. It's not a kids' yeah. film. And the one scene where Kevin James gets a phone call and he decides to jump out of the pool and destroys it. My whole thing is with that, and this is just from a scene in the trailer. I saw that in Bad Boys too. <laughs> was that in Bad Boys too? Yeah, but my, that was on purpose. It happened twice in that film, and that was with Martin Lawrence in it. Right. Well, the, Martin the whole, Lawrence is in this one, right? Yes, he is. Of course, he is. He's in every bad, shitty comedy these days. Well, the thing is, it's like you you're jumping over the the, the side of the it's pool just, and you destroy it. It's like you've never you haven't done that before. I mean, it just it just I it, it was. Obviously, just uh, do you remember? Okay, it's it's a fat guy trying to get out of a pool. Ha ha! ha. Do you remember a film that came out like say ten, twenty years ago? It was on cable a little bit, right? When it had four friends, five friends who decided to go camping together again, and uh, Richard Lewis was one of them. Oh God! Was was wait a minute? It was a bunch of comedians. Was, was that wait? That that was that was one with Louis Anderson, where they're yes. they're Cub Scouts, and they come back as adults, and Louis Anderson is still in the Cub Scout gear. Right? It was Louis. It was four of them. It was like Louis Anderson. Yeah. It was it Richard, was Richard Lewis. Lewis. It was like the failed comedians uh, reunion. Yeah. Was David Spade in that one too? Uh, if he was, he was <laughs> really was, young. That movie's old. That's about fifteen years. Yeah, old. Yeah, I had a flashback to that with this, and I remembered when there was like a shootout at a pancake house, and like the and like the guy, like, yeah. they, they killed the pancake guy or whatever. And I, I think um, what's his name from the Roseanne show was the bad guy in it. God. Um, I have to look it up now. You have to look at that. <laughs> I'll don't have to look it up. But, but I, moving on with the, I, I'd the rather. List. My point is, I'd rather go back and watch that again than watch. You uh, know what? I remember enjoying that growing up as a kid. I really do. It wasn't I, good. No, no, no. But no, I think it, I'd, it I think I'd enjoy revisiting that than watching Grown Ups again. Well, then next is the last Airbender. Oh, from from what I hear is just getting atrocious. It's a kids' rep- film. It's a yeah, kids' film. You know film. what? I'm sorry, but. It, it's is reluctant. Kids film or not, I hear it's really bad. It's like as, I hear it's the worst film he's done yet. All right, as reluctant uh, Shyamalan Ding Dong. As reluctant as I am to defend uh, M Night right. after the happening, uh-huh. I still think a lot of people are jumping on this just to jump on it. It's a kids film, which it's called was, the wrong guys. The wrong guys, yeah. And it was known as Scouting Academy in Belgium. Well, there you go. Yeah, the wrong. But look up the cast. And, uh, the, the cast in the wrong guys. You had, you had uh, Richard Lewis and Louis Anderson, 
You had Richard Lewis. You had Richard Belzer. Belzer, yeah, there you go. Uh, Franklin Bel- Ajay, who was also stand-up. You got Tim Thomerson, Brian James. Uh, wow, John Goodman was in that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The guy from Roseanne, <laughs> John Goodman. He was a bad guy. Oh, that's right. He was Duke Earl. Uh, Ernie Hudson. Wow. Okay. No David Spade, eh? Uh, no David no, I guess Spade. That, I, guess we, I guess that was before he was I mean, saving I up to do, do Joe uh, Dirt. I don't think there's David Spade. But yeah, that, that, I'd, rather, I'd rather watch that again than go see the grown-ups. Uh, I, I agree. Oh, now, sure. Now, Predators is number eight. Predators is the number eight film. That already made six, some money back. $6.8 million. You know what? It did. Uh, and from what I hear, I hear it's not that bad. Bullshit. I hear it's I not call that it bullshit. Bad. I think Airbender's not as bad as everybody's saying, and I think Predators is worse than everybody's saying. I, we'll see. I don't know what you the know? deal is with people that they're getting their priorities all out of whack, and all of a sudden, Predator and Adrian Brody deserves a break, but a kid's film about martial artists, all of a sudden we have to get well, harsh you on know, uh, bad or not, and as much as you don't like Adrian Brody, he really does deliver he, a solid performance. He is an excellent actor. My problem is he does a lot of shit, and he's yeah. a dick. Well, he did splice. When you win an Oscar, and I just kind of we had this conversation. I just kind of think he likes to make these kinds of films. Don't give a shit when you're when you win an Oscar, and then like that year, all of a sudden you're hawking fucking Pepsi. Fuck you, diet Pepsi. Fuck you, (laughs) yeah, diet Pepsi. I'm hawking diet Pepsi. I'm going to do King Kong. Ha 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 ha. I actually did the Jack before he did King Kong. But anyway, excellent film. Yeah, great movie. You want to see Adrian Brody at his best? The jacket is a mind-bendingly awesome performance he yep. he like he just rips the soul out of that that character yep. and that part and i've never like i would hold it up as like just like a great example of excellent acting sure but then he does splice predators king kong fuck him <laughs> anyway, i've seen snippets he, of predators he where he where he's acting and it just he's better than everyone in the room well, he really so, is that's like that's like being like the, the the skinniest that's like being the skinniest guy at a weight watcher oh, convention come on come on, on. And talking as from a as a fat guy i mean there's I veterans in this movie and he's just better he's just better than everyone no no uh, uh, it, well then, you know what we'll go see predators and we'll talk about it and then. it's and also he won his oscar for a holocaust film that's almost a gimme well, he was up against Daniel Day Lewis in Gangs of New York, so that there was really neck and neck he, for those so two. He, so he was in a Holocaust film, and he beat out a Scorsese film. Again, that's a gimme. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a gimme. Yeah, that is true. Uh, all right, and last on the list is uh, Night and Day. <laughs> I want to see that because uh, I'm. I, I actually that isn't last on the list. That's a number nine movie. I apologize. If it, you know what, it doesn't look that bad. It really doesn't. I, I am still. You've heard me in the previous podcast. I'm still uh, um, defending Tom Cruise. I think a lot of people knock him these days just because they didn't like the wacky aspect and the whole Scientology thing. But he always, he does. He's always done well, films that. You know I, what? When he was younger, he did all the, like the the heartthrob films, and beefcake films, and the serious films like right. Rain Man and stuff. And then he started doing stuff that he enjoyed. And I thought he did a damn. I thought he had a damn good performance in um, in a uh, invasion. Uh, oh, uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. I thought it was a, for, with with all of its flaws, I thought it was a damn enjoyable film, well directed. I love the fact that there's an entire scene with Tom Cruise and Tim Robert, Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins, and the entire yep. in an entire scene, Tom Cruise looks taller. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it's genius. And then the fact that he's he, he like he takes his hiatus because everybody's talking shit about him. And then he does uh, this night and day thing, which seems like a fun action flick. Why you got to get on the guy? Well, like you know what? I, I, I just kind of think when it's put in people's minds, and this is by the media, that you know someone is no good, they just buy it because you know I hate to say it, but our society is 
fucking stupid. People are stupid, yes. People are, you know what, and this is normally something that Scott would come out and say, but once you're abducted by Avatar fans, you kind of change my tune a little bit. You're all fucking stupid. <laughs> I hate to say it. I think I like this new bitter Joey. <laughs> and it's going to be a shame to have to argue the positive side against it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, and the- Joey, welcome to my world. Yeah, I'm here now. And, and You're I, not alone. And I didn't, think, I didn't have to get tortured by uh, James Cameron fans to do it. No, you didn't. You, you certainly didn't. Uh, Mine was a slow and gradual process. You just you, you came no, over. No, I, I was kind of converted in a couple months. Yeah, you know, it must it have, just, that must have hurt. Oh, it hurt a lot. Oh yeah, but I don't want to bring up. Bad I, I look at the world a little differently now. Uh, and the number ten film <laughs> not is through blue tinted <laughs> glasses or three D glasses. Uh, uh, polarized glasses. Oh, are you still talking about buying a 3D TV? No, I never was talking about buying a 3D TV. Because <laughs> I'm hearing more and more no, stuff. No, 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 I'm no, I'm hearing no, no. more and more stuff about how it hurts your eyes and stuff. And... Oh, it's really horrible for your eyes. <laughs> it, it's studies and everything. It's terrible. They're already working on TVs where you don't need glasses to watch them. So, you know, the, the 3D is built into the TV. Uh, no, whatever. I never actually said I would buy one. What He's I did say, no, it's no. What I did say was, uh, what I did say was that if my TV died, you know. And I was I had to buy another TV. I may consider a 3D television, but that's I have two TVs. They work fine. There's there's no reason for me to buy another television. There's no reason for you to buy a 3D television. Well, but if one of the TVs goes, no. I no, and I buy a no. TV. I may no. buy one that has 3D. No. In it. Well, well, listen to me. No. All right. This is my theory about 3D TVs. Before we're 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 done, you know, and we move on. Yeah. Video games, which were both big, big video game, never. Video games, no. I think, if 3D becomes popular, because you know what ain't no. happening with the movies right now. They're throwing 3D in just about every movie. Won't happen. But the 3D, from what I hear in all these films, is really bad. Right. But if 3D becomes popular, it may be because video games will do that for no, it. They won't. How do you know? I know because in the history of video games, every time a gimmick comes out of any kind, they try to latch onto it. And well, never you know what? Works. And you may be right. We'll see how Connect does for the Xbox this fall. And, AKA and, Natal. AKA Natal. Yeah, when I when, uh, I, when I see and the the 3D one for the PS3. When I see 3, when which I see is called um, moves or something. Yeah, when I see three decent games for Xbox for that Natal thing uh-huh. that aren't like shitty Wii graphics. And are actually decent games, then I'll be convinced. But I don't see that happening. Well, that's the thing. You know, we'll see if a gimmick like that will actually work for something like the Xbox. If it does, 3D may be a you know it may be a factor in 3D. No. Well, what all I'm saying is, if a TV of mine died and I was forced to buy another TV, I may buy one with 3D in case 3D gaming becomes popular. I'd already have the television. I'll save you the trouble. It won't. You're probably right. No, I'm probably wrong. Why is, just when you agree with me on this stuff. No, well, I gotta stop I, this well I'm right hoping now. 3D dies a horrible, you know, quick death because I hate it. It won't be quick, but it's not going to take over. I really hope not. I really hope you're right on that. I really hope I'm wrong. Anyway, the number 10 movie is The Karate Kid, which you did talk about already in a podcast. Yeah, I Came I in at seen, 2.2 but... million, 169 for its total. I haven't seen, but I want to see it. It looks good. Uh, I don't. I don't really don't have any desire to. It's nice to see Jackie Chan in a film that's not the Medallion. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know they're going to make a shitload of these sequels now. For that, for Karate Kid. Oh yeah. Maybe. No, nope. one hundred seventy million dollars just in America alone. Huh? Yeah, they're they're already they're already planning Karate Kid too, because they're going to grow up with Will Will Smith's kid in these movies. Oh yeah, yeah. I can see. You know, you're right. You're you right. Know? I got so. you. Like, so. like Harry Potter, except they don't have to time it oddly. Yeah. <laughs> if, they don't have to pretend to if he's it. If he's 16 in Karate Kid 2, it's not going to matter. It's, they're not, and, if it's, and they won't have to worry about the timing because the books were there, so they won't have him like playing like a kid while he's, he's, right. he's, and, while and he's I, appearing naked and, on stage. Yeah, and I can guarantee you, oh, Equus, 
don't see it. Uh, no, Harry, and, and, what, Harry, what are you doing to those horses? <laughs> no! And and I can guarantee you that's why they decided to choose... See, because in Equus, they, they, they stabbed the eyes out of the horses. That's what I'm trying to... Yeah, There's no one out there has read Equus. Probably not. Uh, you know why I read it? High school? No. I found it in a bin of books at a prison. Oh, re- oh boy. We were filming something at a prison... It was an old prison. It wasn't being used anymore. Right. And they had a box there. What are those? Those are books they would give the convicts to read. And I leaved through. It was like, Equus. So what is this? And, I mean, and I'm reading it that day. And I'm sad. It's like, they gave prisoners this shit to read? <laughs> Holy cow. This, yeah, no wonder the, no wonder there's a recidivism rate. They're giving them, wow. here, here's American Psycho. Wow away the hours. <laughs> the well, fuck? Yeah, and I can guarantee that's the reason why they decided to go with, you know, like a 12-year-old. 11 year old because they know when they make more he'll grow up with the series yeah I'll give you that they were hoping that it would be successful and they banked right right so now that you're going to get at least three four more movies do you want to do the finger list on this absolutely ah! okay you want me to go first uh yeah because I already got my movie go for it then I would rather cut my little pinky finger off and take the pain than to see The Last Airbender really? I know I know you're going to disagree with me yeah I, 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 I'm guessing you're going to go with Predators I don't know for sure, but I know that I would just based on the happening, Dude. the lady in the water. He is getting worse as he goes on in his career. This movie's gonna fucking suck. I would rather cut my finger off than the sea. I'm shocked. Not, I'm I'm not shocked that you chose the last Bearbenders, but I'm shocked that you would say I'd pick Predators because oh, okay. I've grown up with bad horror films. I know that, and I can take a bad horror film. What I can't take is a bad comedy. I so think you're going with grown-ups. grownups. Yeah. I would rather slice my pinky off with a dull butter knife than to see than go th- than see grown ups. Even in this, if it was the second feature of a double feature, if it was the first feature of a double feature, I would not be watching that. If I could, if I was watching that and then Despicable Me, uh-huh. I would not be going to the drive-in that night. I can't put up with that. <laughs> For, well, I think yeah, it's a good choice. You, you know what bothers me the most? What? Not Adam Sandler. It's Mr. King of Queens. Uh, Kevin James. Kevin James. I, I I don't like him. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. But I don't like them, and I, I can't handle that kind of mixed. Well, mixed emotions. The whole time I'm watching that movie, the whole time I'm watching that movie, you know what? I, oh, not watching it, but watching the trailer. Yeah, because I haven't seen it yet. The whole time I'm watching the trailer, the only thing I'm thinking of is that's Chris Farley was supposed to be that. All I can I'm that's not, Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris Farley but, was supposed to be. Here's the difference: that Chris character, Farley, Chris Farley, and Kevin James is the closest thing they can get because he's made a he's made a couple of movies. One with Adam Sandler, which was um, that wedding one, where they're the gay marriage. I thing? pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, I so didn't see that. And <laughs> he did. He it made a huge hit with Mall Cop, which was produced by Adam Sandler. So they have like you know uh, a friendship going. But I can guarantee you, Kevin James would not be in these movies if Chris Farley was alive. Problem. Here's here's the thing. Chris Farley had talent. He well, was generally funny. Yeah. The problem with Kevin James is he's a sitcom actor, and his he's he's likable, and he's presentable, and he has a, he has a kind of a, a slight presence. Right. But he's not funny. I mean, he can. I I, I don't disagree. I don't. No, no, no. I, I, he I, can. I, do, no, no, no. There's a difference. He can do funny. He right. can deliver funny lines. He can do funny things. But he is not a funny person. He is not naturally funny. There is. There's a there's a line. Actors and actors can do funny stuff. Okay. Actors can be in a comedy and give funny lines. Like Pierce Brosnan, he can be in in Mrs. Doubtfire. He can deliver funny lines. Right. He is not a funny person. Okay. I I agree. Okay. I and, know where you're going. And so I have this problem with Kevin you. James, where I don't hate him. I he, he's not like uh, um, 
Jack Black. Okay. Or I fucking hate him. But, <laughs> but... Well, you're not looking forward to Gulliver's Travels? This, this, this he's fall? in Gulliver's Travel. Oh, he's... God, fucking help me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Only if, only if he goes to the land of giants and they eat him at the end. Uh, don't know. Oh, God, oh. I fucking hate him. But, yeah, Ke- Kevin, Kevin, James, Kevin James? Kevin Kevin James. Kevin James is just, uh... He just shouldn't be being paid as much as he is for what he's doing because he's not doing anything. I really don't think he brings anything to the table except likability. Okay. And there's plenty of actors out there who are likable. All right. You know, that's I, I that's agree. me. All right. So that's the top ten. That's the finger list. Predators, really. You don't think I'd, I'd want to see James, James, uh, Bro, Adrian Brody in a bad movie? I. You know what? I don't know. You've, you've been talking a lot of shit about it. so Yeah, I have. So I, And I, I started listening to one... Uh, Movie review uh, show, radio. It was like an on radio thing. I uh-huh. forgot what it is. And they start talking about Predators. Like, oh, I'll listen to this. And the first thing he starts doing is trash talking Predator Two. Uh, and I like Predator. I like Predator Two as well. I like it more better more than the first one. I wouldn't go that far personally. And it's too easy just to start trash talking sequels, just just willy nilly. Just because it's a sequel. Yeah, I'm sure. sorry. I thought I thought Predator Two actually brought something to the table. And damn it, uh, Gary Busey's in it. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, Do you need this? No. Nah, well, I need it for the next half of this, right. the show. Well, all right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Inception. No, we're not. Well, what are you talking about? We're talking about Dreamscape. All right. We're going to talk about Dreamscape. All right. All right. We'll talk about Dreamscape right. when we come back. All right. See you in a minute. Alex Gardner has a unique talent, and even he doesn't know what it can do. No one has ever done it before. No one has even conceived of doing it before. Go into another person's dream. If I conceive that, leave it. He is about to enter a world that no one has ever seen before. The world of your dreams. There's somebody in my dreams. Who? An awful ugly monster. There's nobody there. Are you sure, Alex? It's a dream, Alex. Do anything you want in here. Dennis Quaid, Kate Capshaw, Dreamscape. When you close your eyes, the adventure begins. And we're back. All right, we're going to talk about Dreamscape now. Yep. All right. Mr. Uh, Sandman, bring me a dream. <laughs> bring me a snake man! <laughs> this is a 1984. Uh, this is kind of like a, a forgotten film from the 80s. Okay? Yeah, well, I think, honestly, I think half the films that came out in the 80s have been forgotten. I think so. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that there isn't even... And maybe now with the, the success of Inception, they might go back and remake something like Dreamscape. I think Inception was a remake in some ways. A definite improvement, I will say that. I, I, I think, I think you know, Inception isn't as original as people like to think it is. Yes, they bring a lot to the table with originality with the film. But as far as the idea of going into someone's dreams, totally been done before. Now let me let me let me let me broach the subject. Um, well, you know, uh, to to just get on Dreamscape, I saw that when I was a kid, and I think I was 12. I, I was like maybe. Ten years old. Eighty-four. No, uh, eighty-four. I was eight years old. I was when twelve. I saw it. Yeah, you weren't yeah. twelve. You were maybe eleven. Seventy. I was born in seventy-three. Okay. So I was eleven. Or by the time I came on cable, I was twelve. I, I, I saw it on cable. I didn't see it in the theater. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um. Uh, wait a minute. How se- old were you? Seventy-three, eighty-three, eighty-four, maybe eleven. Eleven. 
Came out in 82, right? 84. Came out in 84. So yeah. I, I would be 12. 73, 83, 84, 85. 84, 85. If it had cable 85, it would be 12. I was eight years old then. Okay. Okay, there we go. Don't question my math, sir. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Finish your point. Oh, um, dreams. when Dreamscape came out, right. two years later, Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Nightmare no, on Elm Street no, came out two the months, same year. Three months later. Three months later. Yeah. Sorry. Three months later, it came out. According to the, the writer, he had written the film back in 81. Okay. So it, w- it was in pre-production for a little while. I contend that Wes Craven... Ripped off? Might might be completely <laughs> full of shit when he says, I read an article about a child dying, dying in his sleep, and I thought, wow, what if that was a killer in his dreams and it killed him? And instead it was, yeah, I heard about this film. I think we do a horror film based on this. And he just now, totally ripped off dreams. Now, but I, like the idea and the concept. No, but here's the deal. I can see that fucking hack he, doing that. But now... now Nightmare on Elm Street was a good film, but here's here's yeah, here's, where, here's where I'm not criticizing. Okay, but merely pointing out, a lot of flack was given about James Cameron ripping off like uh, Pocahontas or Fern Gully because Dance he because he really took like the structure of entire screenplay and transferred it into his own. Okay, okay, I'm what, following what, what you. What we have here is someone taking a concept. Let's let's say Wes Craven did get the idea from the Dreamscape. Maybe he heard it was happening, because okay. I guarantee Dreamscape had might have had a, more of a, a pre-production than a, a small horror film at the time. Okay. He took a concept, took it from a different angle, and made it his own. Inception. He uh, Apparently, uh, Nolan uh, had the idea eight years ago. Yeah, that's they what appro- I've been reading. They approved it eight years ago, but instead of doing it then, he wrote the screenplay over the past eight years and did it now. According, I did you know, read again, that. Whatever, how much bullshit that is, and how much it is just like wishful thinking. Well, I wouldn't it, be surprised if he wrote it eight years ago and it's no, been no, no. Well, on the well, back burner. Well, like the story is, they said he could do it, but he said, oh, but he thought instead of doing writing it as a project, I want to write it as a spec script and give it some more attention. And it took him eight years. That might be bullshit. It might just be, yeah, they said no, but then after Dark Knight, they said, yeah, go ahead. But they don't want to make it sound like that. Yeah. That's right. There's a lot of there's a lot of this like the, the fairy tale of like you know oh when I was 12 I wrote this screenplay and I've been writing it ever since instead of like yeah I needed something to do and I came up with this idea for what I had when I was a kid they they they, okay. they, they romanticize the industry ignore that okay I don't think it's possible that Nolan who's got to be rough you know in our age group a little bit he's born in 70 so yeah he, he's, he's in our age group yeah he he saw Dreamscape as a kid. Yeah, he saw. There's no way he did not see Dreamscape, and there's no way that, that yeah was he was not, a little older than us, maybe a uh, teenager, fourteen. Right. Something there's like no, that. there is no way that he would that was not instrumental in his idea for Inception, but he's not ripping it off. He's taking a concept and he made something new out of it. Yeah, I, I if if that happened with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, same thing. So I don't criticize that. Okay, but I think it's worth noting that Wes Craven uh, might be sure? full of shit on that. <laughs> and. I would tend to believe that. Yeah. I really would. Uh, so, your general consensis well, of Dreamscape... Well, give the, give the, give the, give the uh, a little synopsis there, a little pocket synopsis of the film. Well, of Dreamscape? Yes. Uh, well, basically it's... Uh, Is this a little sleeper thing from the Well, you got to remember, you just recently saw it. I haven't seen it for about three or four years. I'll fill in. You go right, ahead, but, sir. Uh, I want to see how good your memory is. If I'm not mistaken, Dennis Quaid is brought in to do these experiments. Yes, Dennis Quaid is is, is the is, is your uh, bad boy psychic. He's he's betting on horse races. He's using his he's using his powers for ill ill gotten goods, which any psychic will tell you, or or which any psychic is is obviously full of shit in the first place because right. he's a psychic. But any psychic will tell you that you're not supposed to do that because you might have it taken away. 
but uh, Dennis Quaid, funny. Dennis Quaid knows the deal. So he, <laughs> so he's uh, he's, so, he's got a swank apartment. He's making money, uh, right. Betting on the horses. So they bring him in for his talents to uh, use this new technology that they've invented to go into people's dreams and to kind of see what, you know, what's going on in there. And it basically what happens is he and this other uh, character in the film, um, who is like the bad guy. Uh, who was like supposed to be the best? You know, he's basically Dennis Quaid's competition. Now, and, uh, and that is that actor. I can't remember his name. That's the guy from the Warriors. Yeah, right. And he was also in the Crow. David Patrick Kelly. That's right. Warriors, come out and play, play. with the bottles. He click, is never. Click, click, he is click. never not creepy. No, he's never disappointed Anything. on the creepy factor. No, he's he is he's always good in the film, and he's always unsettling. And you ever you ever see him in interviews? He's like the calmest, most serene guy. He's like, yeah, when I did that movie, it was. It was great. I-, I loved working with the director. He doesn't like snap. He's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, and it's like you know, it doesn't. And then, it, I, and then like I, he's a c- completely normal guy. And then I watched him bleed out on the floor, <laughs> and it was it was so moving. It's like, yeah. wow. Um, no, but Dennis Quaid is brought in by uh, Max von Sydow, right? And Kate Capshaw. That's right. Who is his had, sex he has pot a sidekick relationship with? And the they're, they're they're running this whole scheme ski, uh, program where they're trying to get psychics to go into people's dreams, right? And uh, Dennis Quaid hops on board and, and helps out this little uh, kid in a wheelchair who's having bad dreams about a snake man. Right. Yeah, and that's, right. that's, yeah, once, that's, and that's right. the scene everyone remembers. Yep. Every, if you watch this film as a kid and you don't know what we're talking about... And this is a movie that's rated PG-13. It was the second film to ever be rated PG-13. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, ooh, this is really harping on an R because it's definitely they actually, a lot more graphic. They than... trimmed down the sex scene between Kate Capshaw and Dennis Quaid. More on that later. Oh. Um, but... Uh, if you're listening now and you didn't know what film we were talking about, the minute I said Snake Man in the dream, you now know what I'm talking about. That's the one thing everyone remembers is right. the Snake Man. And, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but then they find out that Christopher Plummer right. is is the uh, this like CIA spook guy, and they're actually using this to, to make uh, psychic warriors. Right. right. And so the, the okay. whole subplot yeah, that I comes around full circle sure. is that the president's been having these horrible dreams about post, post-nuclear devastation, and he's been having these nightmares about this, so he's actually he's actually uh, thinking of disarming with other nations. Oh wow! And the government doesn't like that. Now this is what, you know. Now the idea of psychics using technology to go into dreams, right? I, I fully buy. A president with a conscience? You're <laughs> treading thin ground here. This is where like I'm not that. I don't care if it is Eddie Elbert playing the president. Right. It's just. But so. uh, and that's the basic plot of that. All, very interesting. The opening scene of the film right. is his dead wife in a dream running towards him, and then a nuclear cloud like takes her out. In the background, on the right hand side, uh-huh. the twin towers. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so there's a little little uh, post nine eleven. Oh, look! Hey, look at that! <laughs> you know what's funny is that happens now. Every time it happens, it's it's, it's like fifty percent joy and fifty percent sadness. Sure. There was like everyone's like, like you're, you're immediately thrilled that you see them, and they're like no, nah, and then you remember why you're thrilled, and like you feel guilty for saying, oh look, oh uh, yeah. And I kind of you know not to get political or anything, but they have this whole thing at Ground Zero uh, about rebuilding them, and they want to make them, they want new buildings, like just. Build them the way they were. The, put that. the exact no. Come on, put the exact skyline back the way it was. It was there was nothing wrong with it. They, Dude, they're, they're afraid to do it because they're afraid it to become a target. But I think if you build anything there, no matter what you build, it'll be a target. Just make them the way they were, but better. I don't care. Nah, yeah, I, I I'm very sir. Let's not bring politics. No, into no, the no. Show. I know, but I have a very soft spot for New York City, and and I just I would just love it 
to just yeah. a, the skyline to look exactly right. the way it did. But anyway, the da- the, anyway. the creepy David Patrick Kelly character uh-huh. is actually this uh, patricidal so- sociopath, and the uh, Christopher Plummer's been uh, molding him into a dream assassin. Mm. Yep. And so the big climax at the end is when uh, Dennis Quaid is Dennis Quaid goes to, to save the president from this assassin in his own dream, <laughs> and it's, it's a lot of uh, the film that I would compare this to. And actually, they do an audio commentary too. Oh, do they? I thought it was funny because I was thinking about it. I would remember uh, Dreamscape. No, I mean Dream. Uh, what's oh the one with uh, Christopher Walken? I just watched recently. Oh, uh, Mind Minds. No, 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 no. That was um... Mindscape. Wasn't it? Was it Mindscape? I'll look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, you look it up real quick. But it reminded me of that because in that, in order to... Because they would go into people's um, memories okay. and minds. And when they did that, they would go like this weird ratio cinemascope. Was It was a new pro- new concept they were using. Oh, okay. And so whenever they went to the... If you yeah, watched, it was to make you feel like something was different. Right. So, But the thing is, um, when you were watching... The, if you watch the film on TV now, if you, on the DVD, when they go into... Um, that's that special the memory scope. thing you're watching it in a normal a normal scope frame and then it goes like real widescreen all of a sudden it's like wow and it's it's kind of like a wide so does it work because i haven't it actually, i haven't actually oh, seen it's, it. it it really it's really interesting it, it, it's it works and it might have worked better in some ways but it really separates the two okay so you watch this now where they go in the dream sequences and the problem is was it brainwaves Brainwaves, yes, with brainwaves. Thank you. Okay, I don't have to look it up. Okay, I'm trying to spell Christopher Walken on this, <laughs> while, while I'm while I'm talking. Um, so they mentioned that too. So, oh, it's a lot like brainwaves. I'm thinking, no, it's not because that brainwaves is good uh, <laughs> and it, it, flawed, but good. But like the dream sequences in Dreamscape, you have the famous Snake Man one, yeah. which has all these like, really weird angular house, very like Kevin Doctor Caligari sure, type sure. stuff. The the rickety staircase, and you have the Snake Man's. And it's really, you know, played for effect, a lot of claymation going on. Other than that sequence and the post-apocalyptic nuclear devastation wasteland end scene, okay, which is kind of cool. You know, the sets a bit more uh, involved, and they have like these backdrops, and it's it's and, and there's a really cool scene with uh, radio radio radioactive uh, commuters on a subway train. Oh yeah, I remember that. But the other dreams they have them going into are just like really dull, and they they make them look like dreams by putting Vaseline on the lens or using a fisheye lens <laughs> or uh, slow motion. Oh, wow. And, like, the, the first time they, he goes into a scene, it's like, oh, this guy's a this guy's a steel worker. You're going to go into his dream. So what, guess what he's doing in his dream? He's cheating on his wife. He's still working. Oh, oh, that's like, right. The he, other one was just cheating on the, the, the wife was somebody, cheating on the husband. Yeah. So, like, wow. Which was a full frontal shot, which I was like, wow, this is PG-13 when I was a kid. I remember and it's not a full frontal shot. Sure it is. No, it's not. Her breasts are totally bare in that scene. I don't. I don't believe so. Oh, I believe so. I remember seeing it. Unless they showed a more unrated version when I was a kid. From what I've heard, the, uh, the there were under the there were different versions shown. Because it's kind of like the, the just get off topic a slight bit. The wrath, the wraith, the wraith with with Charlie Sheen. Yes, I have a version that wasn't released here in the states, and oh my god, the amount of nudity For, in, in this version that I have. It's. I don't remember that version of playing on Cinemax. Cause from, that was like the only channel I, that I from what I read. I saw they, it on. they cut some of the sex scene with Kate Capshaw down uh, for the PG thirteen rating, right? But or they beefed it up or something like that. So like the theatrical version had more skin, really, and the first videotape release had more skin, but supposedly the DVD has less skin. Oh. So which might be why I, I, I didn't specifically see it. remember as a kid the scene where they go in. So you might be right because I have where, a DVD where, where the, the wife is cheating on her husband, right? And 
Dennis Quaid goes in, I specifically remember the room being lit up red. Yes. And her being completely topless, you know, uh, straddling a guy. When I saw it, she she picks up with a sheet, so maybe that's true. Maybe the version I have is a bit more softcore. Maybe maybe the version that you saw was the sheet's there. That's what I'm saying. But the one I saw is she's bare, and then the sheet goes up. Right, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Maybe the one I have was softcore. Oh, that would really suck. Yeah, it would. It really Cause, would. Because really, there's nothing else to recommend this film, dude. Is, <laughs> this is one of those films where I saw that when I was 12, so I, so this week I was like, I'm psyched. Yeah, I have. I bought it when it came out. Right. And I, I still haven't watched it. I haven't watched this for like, you know, 20 years. Or i got to go back and watch this. Sure. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, God, this is bad. I said, wow, this is really bad. And this is, there's really nothing. Dennis Quaid and Kate Capshaw, there's like no, there's no, they spent half the film doing this kind of like, Romantic thing between them, and there's right. nothing there. Oh yeah, I mean, no, he and the Steak Man had more chemistry, and there's just nothing going on. And uh, I watched it again with the audio commentary. Uh-huh. This is really sad. It's the writer, the director, and producer, I think. Okay. And every now and then during during the audio commentary, they'd go, "Oh wait, 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 wait." Here, here's a funny line. Here's a great line, and they they'd be quiet, and the line would come up, and it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. It wasn't, <laughs> or or it was kind of like. It was like nothing. But they hadn't seen it in twenty six years either. And then it was like, oh, that that was a big laugh in the theaters. Yeah, that was a big, that was a kill line. I was like, no, no, there was nothing funny about that. (laughs) Maybe back in the eighties when when you threw out shit like this and people were mesmerized by it, maybe it was. I I remember loving the film as a kid, but again, I love the Snake Man thing. Right. But I mean, yeah, there's there's a scene after he seduces her in her dream. And by the way, uh, Dennis Quaid at this point in time, they had him like a scene where he's in his boxer briefs, sort of showing off like the cut. Body, right? But then he does this this dream sequence with Kate Capshaw where he seduces on a train, uh-huh. and he's got the the long like the pirate shirt with the shirt open. And Dennis Quaid, I'm sorry, you're a handsome man, but you don't have enough chest hair to pull that off. He had it was just a tuft of chest hair, yeah. so it looked if, if there was no chest hair, it would have been fine. But he had like this little tuft, and then right. the shirt open is like wow, like the lights <laughs> bouncing off your chest. No, no, <laughs> this is not working. If I was Kate Capshaw, I'd be laughing right now. No, no, move on. Uh. But but uh. I lost my train of thought with that. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where you were going with it either. It, no, no. There's, but the, after he seduces her, there's a scene where they're arguing in the stairwell, and then, again, like they're watching the audio commentary. Like, oh wait, wait. Here's a here's a great line. Here's a great moment. And it was. And they go. And I was like, what moment? There was no. It was just more dialogue. It's like there's dialogue. Yeah, and di- it, maybe they hadn't seen it. Maybe that was the first time they were seeing it in a long time. Plus, they were just going totally on memory. But it was just. I felt bad because like you know, the guy that wrote the screenplay is like, oh, this was good. And this is good. I'm like, no, it really wasn't. <laughs> I I feel bad, you know, because it, it's not a you know because they were really nice on the audio commentary too. They weren't sure. sure. It wasn't like let's listen to Heather's Heather's audio commentary where you just hate all of them by the end. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're you're all idiots, and this film was a success despite your being morons, but. I just that's why it's the pain of listening to audio commentary sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually listened to one in a bit. I I, I should really go back and start get, listening to more. I'm getting of back into that habit. Whenever I write anything now, I listen to audio commentary as part of my research. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I, I really need to get back. So are we done with Dreamscape? Well, do you remember anything else about it you want to mention? I mean, there's not really. I mean, I just remember really enjoying it when I was a kid. I remember watching it on Cinemax. It would it was like on repeat on Cinemax. Yeah. It was always the and here's the thing the, the big thing was the Snake Man right yeah but I go back and watch it now and the special effects weren't that special oh, the stop motion was terrible stop motion is terrible like like Ray Harryhausen would have slapped whoever did it yeah and then whenever they gave him for the close up it was this really bad it was like a prosthetic head 
but there was no movement at all except the mouth would open. So like there's a scene at the end where it bites bites Dennis Quaid right. and like the head like leans in it. You can almost like you could almost see in your mind two guys with on a stick underneath going Meh! <laughs> and like that and the mouth moves like it's a pincer, like you can just right. like, the one wire control and it bites his shoulder. And it was just really bad. Yeah. It's like what there's just and then they, I think they had two snake heads too, and then like like oh Yeah, I really have nothing to add. It was, other than the fact that I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Uh it I it's just it's a really bad movie. I got one more thing to add too. I'm gonna be quiet for a bit while you talk about Inception then because I'm getting a headache from talking so much. Okay. Um, the whole idea they there's like this man like didn't, Max von Sydow who by the way rocks all, oh, ha- you know all hail Ming. That's he's always delivered a good that's performance a great th- too. That's the great thing. Sydow and Plummer, and he's kind of looked the same for the last thirty years. Yeah, he's always been old. Yeah, it's really. But Max von Sydow and Christopher Plummer, two excellent actors. Right. They're in these scenes where there's. They, they, they there's no tension, like the the script supposedly has tension right. in the story. There's nothing there. These two guys just by their presence lend some tension to it. Wow! Like just just the acting alone between these two guys. Like you, if you listen to the words, right? There's nothing, but you watch them as actors, and it's all there. Maybe they just genuinely didn't like each other. I think so. I, I maybe, may, it's, maybe it's just natural. I mentioned Max von Sydow and someone. I think it was. Uh, Chris Wallner online. He, oh, okay. he, he mentions uh, Strange Brew. Oh, I could, God. I could crush your head like a nut, but I won't because I need you. <laughs> yes! I just saw Strange Brew not that long ago. I got to go back and watch it now because he mentioned that. I forgot about yeah. him in that. Uh. Um, but the, the one thing that got me was this film came out about three or four years after uh, The Fury. Oh, Kirk Douglas. Yes. Yeah, and Amy Irving. And Firestar. You know what? I Oh, man. It's and, funny you should mention that because. On. I uh, want, wanted to talk about that. Okay. Podcast. And Firestarter. Well, then you know I haven't watched in ages, so I'll I'll, I'll put that on my list and to watch then. Yeah. But the Fury came out like a few years before this. I think it was like seventy uh, something. Eighty one, I believe. Was eighty one? I'm pretty right. sure it was eighty or eighty one. Firestarter came out three months before it. Which again. Yeah. All right. The, yeah. The screenplay was around eighty one, but why are we making it now? Maybe because psychics are coming back in style. Right. And so like they they he, you know Sadao sells. Quaid as he's the most powerful psychic I know when they show him moving on marble with his mind he's supposed to be he's supposed to have telekinetic powers he can do this he can read minds throughout the entire film besides winning a horse age I'm not sure how he did that with his psychic powers because they don't say he can see the future right so I'm not sure how if, if, he, if he can telekinetically move a marble across the table I don't know how he's getting a horse to win the race they don't really explain that yeah okay besides that and reading Kate, Kate, Kate Capshaw's mind once by telling her I know you're. Uh, yes, uh, I am attracted to you. That's what you're asking me. When he's reading, Kyle. besides those two moments, right. he doesn't do anything psychic besides <laughs> going to people's dreams. He's he's running around he's like oh, I don't know what's going on here. Why says you know he's he's got to go to uh, George Went from Cheers. Yeah, he has to go to meet him at a bar to find out what's going on uh, with uh, the psychic researcher and Christopher Plummer. When he's psychic, he met Christopher Plummer. He should be like. I read your mind. <laughs> I knew what you're doing. He's the worst psychic ever. John Edwards would have kicked ass in this film. Oh, shit. If you put John Edwards in this film, right. yeah, he can't repeat. He'd be asking Christopher Plummer, hey, didn't you have a mother with a, with, began with a Q? And uh, didn't you? Well, what was your favorite color? I remember mean, something about a, something about a, a blue, dryer. Blue, blue. I think it was blue. Yeah, he would have cracked the case on that. Quaid's you know running funny? around. Quaid's yeah. running around. He's supposed to be a psychic. I mean, you got Firestarter th- came out three months ago. Right, ten year old girls blowing the shit out of people. You got right. her father. I forget the actor's name. He's like making pe- his nose bleeding while he's making people think. Oh yeah, to think. that was uh, what's his face. Yeah, I can't remember. And he's like, making, I can't remember right he's now. He's making people do what he wants to do with his mind. His nose is bleeding from right. it. He's making. He's like clouding people's minds. David Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Quaid can't fucking 
Yeah, equates like diving out of foam boots and like and like riding dirt bikes across roads. You're psychic. You're supposed to. You're supposed to know the future. At, at one point, you should like pull like a Darth Vader on Plumber at the end. It's like, <laughs> I'm, you're waiting for the one moment where like the security guard sees him and he goes, "I'm not here." He's like, "You're not here." He, like walks on. It's like nothing, nothing. It's like they forgot about the psychic part. As soon as they said that he was a psychic, right? They're like, okay, well, we don't need that anymore. We can move on to the dream stuff. Why did you even mention it? Uh, it that was that's the biggest bad letdown. Movie. I mean, the Jamaican lady, uh, the psy- psychic, the psychic hotline chick, the Jamaican lady. Oh, right, right. She could have rocked this. She would have solved this case in half an hour. Call me now. And she still would have seduced Kate Capshaw. Probably. I bet you she looks damn better in the pirate shirt. I, you know what, I would tend to I have your number right here. (laughs) Call me now. Call me now, I will solve it. All right. Call me now, Mr. President, I'm trying to kill you. Are we done with Dreamscape? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Okay, good. But, but, I mean, it really depresses me because, like like I said, 12 years old, I love the film, I'm watching it now, I was like, my God, this is horrible. What was wrong with me? And how did this even capture my attention? Like, about one scene, the one Snake Man scene. Right. And, like, that's it. As a kid, you're back at that film over and over again to watch that one scene. Sure. Like you said, it's the most memorable memorable scene in the movie. There's one good line in the film, though. Which is? And it it belongs to uh, David... David Patrick Kelly. Okay, is, is is when Christopher Plummer sees me. He's always having trouble sleeping. He's like, yeah. do, you, "Do you need drugs? You want any drugs?" Like, "Nah, I'm messed up enough as it is." <laughs> <laughs> and it, it even made me think. It's like, please tell me he ad libbed that because I can't. I can't imagine the same writer that like, the rest of this nonsense. Right, where, actually came up with something that. Oh, good. that's right. Max von Sydow actually says, like, they're talking about the guy with the having the dream uh, right. where his wife's cheating on him. It's like, well, the base, what, what's basically happening is Max von Sydow says. He thinks there's. He thinks people are stooping his wife, and and the audio commentary they're like, oh, that was so great to get Max von Sydow to say that. That was that was like, no, it wasn't. No, that was that, <laughs> that wasn't as big of a sell as you think. I don't know what, the fact Max von Sydow, Max, Max von Sydow saying right. stooping, right, is not a laugh. It's not. It's not a high no, point in the scene. No, no, no. That's not. Uh, if if he swore to never say the word stooping, and you got him to say it, then maybe. But everyone would have to know that beforehand. So, it, yeah, you're right. If he had said fucking his wife, I would have been happy. Whoa, Max! That's great. All right. But, but considering Inception is like inspired by this film, which I'm convinced it is, I, I think it would be great if they actually remade the movie. Dreamscape? Yeah. They, I, I think so. They, I, well, like I said, well, what I said earlier, before we actually really got into talking about Dreamscape, is that maybe with the success of Inception, it will now. And also, I will point out at the end, David Patrick Kelly... Still available. No, no, no. <laughs> At the end of the movie, he starts pulling some Dream Warrior shit. Where yeah. he's like, he has knives come out of his fingers. First of all, uh. <laughs> like holy shit! <laughs> either, either somebody ripped, the, either they ripped it off of Freddy out of West Craven, or the other way around. West, but somebody, there's no, you can't tell me. Three months before Nightmare comes out, he does that shit in a dream with the knives in his fingers. That's not a fucking coincidence. Yeah, that's somebody ripping somebody off. Yeah. And then he pulls like the heart out in his hand. He's like, "Where have I seen this before?" <laughs> and but he pulls like this dream warrior stuff. He's like, "I'm in a dream. You can manipulate the dream." Ah, and he's like doing like neon ninja stuff, like right. blowing sticks. And like it's like Wes Craven. That really became the shtick of the of the series after like the, in the third one, one right. of the dream warriors. Right, right. You know, the first film it wasn't really like that. So in some ways, it's like it took Wes Craven a while to rip off Dreamscape as much as he did. 
Okay. I just I just want to know who yeah. ripped off who. Because yeah, I would love to know that. Those fucking knives are like, oh no, come on. That's, <laughs> immediately, I'm, I'm online. So, okay, what, when did Nightmare come out? It's like same, same year. year. Yeah. Wait, what, what release dates? Three years or three months? Yeah, three months. And then and then the guy on the on the audio commentary saying, oh, I wrote it back in '81. It's like, okay, how many people read this screenplay? It was being bounced around. Sure. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, Wes. Yeah, Wes. You read you read a news article that no one can find. All right. Fuck let's, you. Let's... Fuck Wes Craven. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, <laughs> okay. and when we come back, we will talk about Inception. All right, wait, I'll be fair. I like The Hills Have Eyes, but... Uh, yeah, The Hills Have was good. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, fuck that. All right, all right. When we come back, we'll talk about Inception. Inception. What's the most resilient parasite? An idea. A single idea from the human mind can build cities. An idea can transform the world and rewrite all the rules, which is why I have to steal it. Never recreate from your memory, always imagine new places. He's hiding something and we need to find out what that is. We gotta break out of here. Give him the kick! This was not a part of the plan! Wake me up! Wake me up! And we're back. And we're back. But I have one thing to add about Dreamscape. Okay, go ahead. In the audio commentary, because I'm you're talking about like the, the snake monster, right? And you're like, thinking, oh, well, you know, and the, the writer when he's doing this thing with the snake man, maybe the snake man. I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's something phallic. Maybe this kid had like you know molestation thing in the past. Okay. Maybe it's some like some like an evil representation in the dream. And then the writer has to mention, well, we wanted to be a wolf man, but then they said there were too many wolf movies, so we decided to make it a snake. It's like, yeah, all right. So you just picked a random fucking animal and then like and put feet on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what isn't too hard to do in stop motion? How come well, these snakes are pretty easy? We tried to do all of people's fe- we had sex, violence. Uh, what about insects? Yeah, insects in there now. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get off of that and get uh, off the snake man. Let's get off. But the pray snake for man. the man in the rat hole. <laughs> Sorry. All right, now we're going to talk about Inception. Inception, which, now, which which sounds like a perfume. Yes, it does. Inception. 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 Uh, are you dreaming or are you not? Only he will know. Inception. The problem with talking about Inception is we really can't fucking talk about it. You know, we really can't. Okay, we can and we can't. We can't give away any plot points. We can't talk about the ending. We can't talk about the I, middle of the film. I disagree to an extent. We can't talk about the beginning of the movie. You know, it's just, it's yes, just, we can. Yeah, to an extent. Broad, now here's, 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 here's my point. This is not a film... This film does not have really... Uh, really unnoticeable or uh, unpredictable plot twists. Okay. This is not that kind of film where... I, it, it, this is not Sixth Sense. This is not, oh, I didn't see that coming. You kind of see stuff coming to an extent. Sure. I think we can talk a bit about and the I film. And I really don't think it's as complicated as everyone is making it out to be. No. Well, let, let's... And specifically Sandy Kenyon. Let's let's go with this. Why don't you talk a little bit about Sandy All right, Kenyon? Sandy here. Kenyon is a piece of shit reviewer from ABC who reviewed the film, and if you notice... You're pl- play a bit of it right now. Okay, I'll play a little bit of it right now. Uh, here you go. Hmm. 
This is a lot of movie for the money, but it's just not as good as everyone says it is. Yes, it will provoke plenty of conversation around the water cooler. But to be truly great, I think a movie must engage your mind and grab your heart. It must make sense and leave you thoroughly entertained. Now, judged by these admittedly high standards, Inception fell short and felt to me a lot like homework. Really? Right. right. Nobody likes yeah. homework. <laughs> right. With no right answers. You're too smart, Sandy. No. You're too smart I'm not. for these movies. Maybe not smart enough, as it turns out. So, you know, basically you get the gist from of uh, for what we just heard was that uh he's dumb. He didn't understand it. He's he, confused. He spends the whole trailer complaining that it was too complicated and, and, and too hard to follow and, and uh yeah, it just uh, and, and one gives, of the things that gives got, away a plot point in, in the in yes the he did too. which we didn't play. we didn't play but yeah. you know which, one of the, one which of the, by the way I guessed at the beginning of the film right but that doesn't mean everybody's going to guess that sure so you don't give that away in your review unless you're unless you're a snide uh, um, spiteful little prick right and, and, I'm not saying he is but you know the, the the thing of it too is he also mentions about how all all the dreams have multiple layers and there's you know, you know that's not it now see that's, that that's the thing and I, the, I've dealt with this in the, the past you know, these the dreams don't have to have multiple layers you know what I mean they just they don't but specifically in this movie that was the direction that it was going now when when critics make mistakes like that when right. they misrepresent a film in their in their little like two minute snippet on right. TV what happens is you can tell they saw the film they already had a bad review in mind. Right, he's already given this movie a bad review, so he's not even paying attention to the film because otherwise he wouldn't be making grave mistakes that are explained in the film, like saying, "Oh, dreams have layers." Like, no, they don't. They, these guys create the layers when they're trying to pull what is basically a con right. in someone's dream. Mm-hmm. So automatically, you know this guy's a prick, just because he's he's not paying attention to the film he's reviewing. He's reviewing it while he's watching it. Yeah, he's picking out what he can complain about. And one of the things that he did say in his review that he's 100% right about is that he's not smart enough to review this movie. No, he's not. Now, now, <laughs> I, 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 you didn't notice, but while you were complaining about this guy, I did my own little research. Uh-huh. We have another reviewer we hate called uh, um, Stephen, Witty. Stephen Witty. And so when you're complaining about this guy, he's like, oh, I haven't heard any bad reviews, and I need to know, you know, and this guy's trashing it. I'm like, let me see what Stephen Witty has to say. Yeah, did, was this uh, now, one of his no, two and a half on. star reviews? Uh, guess how many stars Stephen Witty gave this Two and film. a half. Three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. Yes, Mister Mister. I hated Lord of the Rings. Witty loved this movie. Really? Yes. And, and but he pulls the cop out because the beginning of his review is like, there's two ways to watch this film. One way where you're angry at the end because you didn't understand it, and another way where you loved it. I'm one of the second group. So basically, what he says is, you're gonna love it or hate it, but I loved it. So he be okay. so, so he can't again because he's such a weasel. He can't say he liked the film without without giving himself an out and saying, well, yeah, you might not like this, but I thought it was good. Weasley bullshit. Gotcha. I haven't read the whole thing out, so I'm, I guarantee he probably got some facts wrong as he usually um, does. He always does. But uh, it's one of my favorites is the Pat Morita thing, where he basically said, yeah. "Oh, one of the smartest things they did in Karate Kid was replacing Jackie Chan with Pat Morita. That's because he's fucking dead." Yeah. <laughs> well, he did that with Inglorious Bastards too. Yeah. How come they didn't get the original cast guy? Said, well, no, they tried. I found out in two seconds. <laughs> Five minutes of research, I found out that they tried to get him, but he was busy. So they, that's why they did a fake soundtrack of his. Uh, you jackass. But anyway, he's on the ball with this one. Right. He, when Stephen Witty even gives the movie like three and a half stars. Right. Like, yeah. I, I got. I got. I, I know where you're yeah. going. I think everybody knows where you're yeah, going. You're a moron. Uh, oh, and, and by the way, I, I saw this film with people who uh, are normally 
uh, confused by really complex sci-fi films, right. and they had no problem following this. Oh yeah, I no had problem. absolutely no issues following this movie. All of I, I, I don't want to say even plot twists because it's not even that. There it's just there are no plot twists. It's Wait, just the, the, me... the graduation of where they're going in this movie. It's just they go one step, then they go another step, then they go another step. They add layer upon yeah, layer, exactly, upon layer. and it's not hard to follow. No, it's really spelled out. If you, it's spelled out without being insulting, right? And and which and, is hard for sci-fi, right? And and the, and the thing is. And this is where we were going before with our public being stupid. You know, I hate to say it, but if you cannot follow this movie, if you do not understand this movie at the end of it, you are stupid. But I haven't heard anybody talking about that except no. Mr. Uh, Sandyman. No, I, I've seen, I've, I did some research on IMDb, and there are there's some stupid people out there. Well, yeah, but then, but then that's that's why. You know, and, up, and that's then why there's the ending that we can't actually talk about. But that's but why we will talk money, about sir. it when we're done. Yes, that is exactly why Grown Ups is making right. money. That's exactly why Grown Ups gets made in the first place. Now, the one thing... You know, in White Chicks and all <laughs> these fucking uh, <laughs> stupid, uh, scary movies and, and you know, uh, the spin-offs of those. Calm, just, calm Blue Ocean. Calm Blue Ocean. I was attacked by Avatar fans. There is no more Calm Blue Ocean. <laughs> You're right, sir. <laughs> it's the harsher side of joy coming out. Uh, now, it, it just, it's just... People we, are stupid. I think that's we, unfortunate. We have to underline, because reviews like this jackasses... Right. Are misrepresenting this film. There are no plot twists. Now, what I mean by that, there's no like Sh- M Night Shyamalan things where it's right. it's it's uh, where ooh, this is that. Now, for a film that involves dream states and people in dreams, yep. In the f- beginning of the film, they kind of pull that kind of you know, is it dream or is it not that kind of thing. Now, in a film that involves dream states, Nolan could have easily. Every ten minutes, pulled that shit on you. Oh, we're in a dream. Oh, we're not. Oh, we're in a dream. Oh, we're not. And it could right. it could have pissed you off and confused you and made you so disoriented that you didn't know what's going on. And that's on. exactly what he didn't do. Right. They they now he, there's two things he did in the beginning of the film he doesn't do in the end, which right. I thought was genius. The first is he goes apeshit with the CGI special effects in the beginning. He does. Well, as far what? as like as far as like her turning the world upside down and like doing the mirror thing oh, uh, and then well, exploding you know what? shit. See, what I like about Nolan. What I like about Nolan is yeah. when he does use it, he uses it extremely well. Right. And he uses very, very little of it. But what I'm saying is he uses a lot of it in the first half of the film to, 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 to show about the dream world stuff sure. and show the stuff. And he uses he uses some of that kind of like, oh, is it a dream now? Is it a dream now? He pulls some of that in the first part of the film. Okay. Once that sets once he covers that ground, it's he lets it go. Like, it's, it's not like that anymore. The rest of the yeah. film after that, it's okay. That's that we. Played. You know where you are in the movie. We played with that. Yeah, exactly. From that point on, the film tells you we're going to be here. This is a dream. This is a dream. This is a dream. This is reality. This is a dream. Even when the plot has to do with not being able to tell you, as the audience, he makes sure you know to a certain extent that you are there. And what it is is he he realized that when you lie to the audience enough, right? They don't trust you. And if you and if the audience doesn't trust the film. They don't get involved in it, and they won't enjoy it. Right. He realizes that, so at a certain point, like by the second act, he says, "Trust me," and you do. So when you start going into the, at the end of the film, I mean, they, this is not a spoiler. Right. They basically the whole idea is they go into a dream, but then in that dream, they go into another dream, and then they go into another. So they they, they like three layers of dream. There's a, they're in a dream. They were in four layers. Four. Well, by yeah, four. So basically, they're dreaming about dreaming about dreaming about dreaming, and. At no point does he say does he try to fool you into thinking that they're actually not dreaming reality. They spell it out, and with the layers of that, right? He manages to build such tension because it's it's a ticking clock 
third act where they have to be right. done by a certain time. But it's such a well done ticking clock that each layer adds another layer of tension to the film. Yeah. But by the end, you are so wrapped up in, and and also there's a time dilation thing because as you go deeper in the dream, it lasts longer. Right. Somebody's at the door. Ah. There's somebody at the, the door. door. There's somebody, somebody at the door. <laughs> as it goes deeper and deeper, uh, the time gets longer. So you have different. You have like three or four different storylines happening right. simultaneously at different speeds or different like lengths. At no point does it become confusing. Right. And no, no, you're right. You're absolutely no, right. And I completely because he's agree. not because he's not trying to confuse you. And that's the, that's what I'm trying to get at. He does not try to confuse the audience. He tries to take the audience on a route. If he was trying to if he was trying to pull a uh, what's a good example of a film that tries to confuse people? Um, don't first one that comes to Any, anything by um... the first one that comes to mind is Raising Cain. With uh, John Lithgow. Oh, John Lithgow. Because in the first sure. half hour of that film, they what about pulled... Mulholland Drive. Mahal, well, anything by anything by <laughs> Stephen Lynch, yeah. Not Stephen Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch. Stephen Lynch is the the, the humorous uh, the, the, musician. The country, yeah. not country. The, not the, country. Ha oh. <laughs> <laughs> ha I I tie. I didn't I, I, draw. Call it a draw. <laughs> All right, it's a draw. But yeah, like in, in Raising Cain, the first th- in, in like the first half hour of the film, there's like three moments in the film where it's like, oh, I was dreaming. Right. And after the third time, you're like, well, fuck it, I don't care anymore because you you keep you keep screwing with me like that. Right. No. Yeah. And That's, when you purposely God, I haven't seen Raising Cain in years. So sloppy screenwriting. Yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> sloppy screenwriting is trying to build tension and surprise right. by just confusing the audience and lying to them. No one. There's somebody at the, the door. door. There's somebody at the door. <laughs> he doesn't do that. He's a good screenwriter. Uh-huh. He's masterful, so he doesn't have to lie to the audience or trick them. He tells them what's happening, and then he builds the story. Okay, that's no, my, yeah, that's my point. Is that it's so well written in that regard? It really is. It is truly a brilliant film. And you know, we 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 talked about Nolan before and all of his other films, but hopefully from here on in, because he's in my opinion, he is absolutely. I would say he's the best director working right now. I felt that way about Gore Verbinski about, about two pirate movies ago. Oh. <laughs> and now, now I'm out. No, no one's at the top of my list right now. He's right up there with... Uh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Yeah, you read my mind, just, sir. Uh, right I, now, these guys can do no wrong. Right no now, one can do no wrong. He has not done one bad... He, he has not done one film that I would even say... You know what? The closest I'll come to arguing with him... Insomnia. No, I'll, I no. I thought he did a, a great. I thought he did great on Insomnia. I'm just trying to read your mind. Having seen the original, um, a lot. <laughs> what, what are you, Dennis Quaid? Uh, get lost in there. <laughs> uh, there are plenty of snake men up there. I tell you what. Um, the only thing I would argue about in any of his films was that I still think that Dark Knight had one ending too many. Yeah, I okay. I, I can agree with that to an extent, but I still enjoyed it. No, so I don't care. Again. Again, I don't care. I'm not knocking the film. I'm saying if I had any criticism about anything he's done, right. I maybe would have trimmed half an hour for Dark Knight. You know, okay. may, maybe one. Oh, and that's another thing about I Inception. The, a lot of these films have a fourth act now, and I'm tired of the fourth right. act. Yeah, and, and that's another thing about Inception. It's a two and a half hour movie, and it went like that. Holy shit! I was uh, talk about time dilation. I thought I was dreaming. You know, it, it was it just it moved. It, it did. It really. I, when it was over, I'm like that. Was, wow, two and a half, it went really fast. I actually, and the reason why. I think it's because it just really grabbed you and took you in, when, and you just 
completely lost track of time when they when they do when they finally when they set up the whole it's almost like uh, Ocean's Eleven right like they spend like a whole like a whole like 15 20 minutes setting up the con right so when they finally go into the what you, what you know is the third act which is the con right I remember looking at my at my watch like are they already going into that what time is it it's like, yeah. it feels like we just started this film when they're already going into like the third act right and, and, and that's how good it, it just is. moved really well and, I mean and you would think having four layers like the four different dream layers things right. where you have all these you're setting up these Ticking clocks. Yeah, you'd think it'd get uh, either monotonous, boring, or overwhelming, but it doesn't. He really sets it up so well that you're you're like you're just along for the ride, and while you ha- you, you feel the tension, you don't feel like you're being jerked around. No, definitely not. And that's that's really and uh, you know what one of the characters that's in the film that uh, I really loved. His name is uh, Tom Hardy is his real name, and he played. Um, Eames or Emus. It was Eames. Ames? Eames. E A M E S. Okay. Okay. It's British, so I, I really don't know how to <laughs> that pronounce was, it. That was a wacky Brits. <laughs> but his, uh, I believe his name was Eames. Uh, he was in a film called Bronson, which you haven't seen yet, but I did. And I thought he was absolutely brilliant. It's on my list. Absolutely brilliant in the film Bronson. And when I saw the movie Bronson, I, the, after I saw it, I said, I cannot wait. For this guy to break into American film, I would have watched it, but I was too busy watching Twilight Eclipse and Killers. Yeah, I'm, you lost out. <laughs> uh, but you know, he's actually done a couple of other uh, American films. One being, uh, he was in uh, Star Trek uh, Nemesis. He was one of the villains. His name was uh, Praetor Shinzon. But uh, he he was a no name at that point, so I didn't recognize him. But now that I saw him in Bronson, and now that he's in this, I'm really hoping he really starts breaking into mainstream American film. And he is, because he is going to be playing Mad Max in the Mad Max remake called Fury Road. And I like this guy a lot, so I'm sure... I'm hoping they don't screw up Mad Max, you know? (laughs) But, I mean, how do you... After Thunderdome, I mean... You know what? You, well, you, I guess you can only go up from Thunderdome. You, you can't screw up Mad Max too, because honestly, the, the original is a cult film, but it is flawed. Right? Oh, and, sure. And it's not. It's it's one of those films where everybody talks up about it. Oh, it's great, great. And you go back and watch it. It's like, well, yeah, it's good. It's fun. And, and you know, I'm, I'm I can a, see why people latched onto it. I'm but a sucker for post-apocalyptic. So yeah, it ain't no. Casablanca. No. So he's going to play Mad Max. Um, he's going to play Mad Max in a film called Mad Max Fury Road. So. That's coming out in 2012, so we got about a year and a half to two years for that. Just in time for the... Just in time for the apocalypse. I know it's totally off subject, but it just popped in my head. I, I saw the Entertainment Weekly. My parents subscribe. Okay. I, I don't read it. Sure. But Ryan Reynolds is on the cover. He's the Green Lantern. Yeah. I didn't... I, I, oh, you didn't know that? I'm out of the loop right now. Plus, he's also getting I, I'm own, so much um, in the old films right now. I'm like I'm like watching Lugosi films, and I'm watching old movies from the 70s. Okay. I don't know what's going on now. I know, it, when I, I know what's uh, happening. What was his character in the Wolverine movie? Um, Deadlock, Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah, he's getting his own Deadpool movie as well. Oh, because they already fucked that character up. So how are they going to do that? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> there's a there's actually a whole contingent of angry comic book readers who are pissed that they fucked up Deadpool character. Right, and it's like, it's like now we're going to do a Deadpool movie. Yeah, it's like doing the Elect- yeah, they, Electra spinoff. I mean, you know, Ryan but, Reynolds is in it. He'll give a solid performance. But, but I they like already him. Fucked up the character. No, I know, but they I, already I, ruined I, everything that was cool about the character. And they killed him. Yeah. How are they going to do? Oh, it's probably going to be a prequel then. Yeah, they, you, you know what? You've already you've already pissed off the audience, and you're making a film for them. That's a tough crowd. Yeah, that's so. a tough crowd. 
Uh, you know what? They're going. They're hopefully going with the teenage audience because I don't think anybody else is going to want to see it. No, I, I disagree. I think they should go like straight action. You think they'll fix their problems with it? No, but I think they should still go straight action. Don't do it for teen audience. Okay. Because then you, it's like doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at a PG, so they can't cut anybody, but they all have weapons. <laughs> okay. And then we stick it in the ceiling, and then we do a spinning. Yeah. When you've got ninjas with swords and right. no one gets cut, there's something wrong. <laughs> that's like that's like if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna have topless vampires, give them nipples. Yeah. And if you're gonna have werewolves, uh, werewolf giant werewolves running around, give them genitalia. You can't. You can't. You can't I, do I, halfway. No, you're right. I agree. Uh, you know who else was really um, a shining actor in this movie? What's his What's his name? The kid from Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, or Lewitt. I forget what it is. Um, yeah, Mr. Th- uh, oh, you, third oh, Rock from Scarecrow. the Sun. A oh, third Rock from the Sun. Third yeah, he was in. He was Cobra. Oh, uh, I love the fact that half the cast from Dark Man uh, from uh, Batman was in this movie. Well, you know what, but Michael Caton. Yeah, well, you know what, <laughs> no one, he 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 works with who he knows. I know, but it's a dangerous it's a dangerous area to get in when you keep. Yeah, it's Mike, Joseph Gordon. Michael Caton you can get away with because Michael Caton's golden. Right. But when you start putting like half your crew from the previous like film, Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy. Uh, well, if Christian Michael Bale Caine. was in it, that would have been like the last leg, but uh, or the last straw. <laughs> he might have a cameo. You don't even yeah. know. Like he was like somebody like in the background. No, but what's his name? You just mentioned uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. The great thing about him, he is really showing his acting chops. He is he one really is. He's the rarest thing in the world. He's a child TV actor that actually turned out to be a good actor. Yeah, because you. I watch... mean, ever since I saw him in Brick, oh, you know, uh, where excellent. He's, where he's starting to grow up. You know, and he's maybe he was in his, always good. Maybe in his uh, teens, early twenties, maybe twenty twenty one. Did you see the one before Brick, where he was the ki- the kid uh, with the in the audio accident who had the mental pro- issues? Yeah, that was the one to the bank robbery. Yeah, yeah, uh, excellent film. The great movie, and great acting, um, great acting. That was he uh, picked. He picked his. Uh, yeah, and uh, who, who was his, uh, Jeff his Dan- mentor? Jeff uh, Jeff Daniels was in it. He played was, the blind was guy. Jeff Daniels his mentor in that. The blind guy, yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff that Daniels. movie was called. Um, the hell was it called? Looking it up on IMDb. Yeah, I am. I am. It was uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer. No, <laughs> it, it was called The Lookout. Yeah, The Lookout. Yeah, it was called The Lookout, and yeah, and it was Jeff Daniels as his mentor. But I mean, like, if you watch a lot of these kids, like if you watch uh, Full House or uh, I'm going with really old TV shows, I know because I'm an old bastard. Sure. Well, even think about um, you know like you know Fred Savage from. You know, yeah. the Wonder Years, or, or even his, his when, brother. Remember yeah, when that he grew up in, and they uh, gave Boy Meets World? Remember, I mean, remember when he grew up and they gave him a TV, another TV show? Yeah, and it's like, no, we shouldn't have done that. They gave him a Lifetime movie where he beat up his girlfriend, which you know, I believe that he that wasn't that. a documentary. No, oh, but but <laughs> but I mean, watching him from Third Rock. I mean, the, the one thing in Third Rock is he wasn't just a kid; he actually right. had a good comic timing. And that's always yeah. a sign of a good actor. A good, a, any good actor will have good comic timing. Yeah. Like we were saying before, Pierce Brosnan, he's not funny, but he can do funny. Right. I mean, he, he was. If you put Pierce Brosnan in a comedy, right. he has comic timing. He knows how to pull a. a you know, he I mean, knows how to pull The, the irony of the whole thing is he was actually in Heath Ledger's first movie, which was uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yeah, know, there, he, there'll be goats. Yeah. <laughs> will there be goats? <laughs> I mean, he was like a side character in that film, but uh-huh. he stood out because he's such a good actor. Yeah, you know, and I haven't seen Five Hundred Days of Summer, but I hear he's excellent in that. I heard, I heard it's a chick flick for guys. Yeah, is that I, okay? I've heard it described as a chick flick for guys because That's cool because you really feel for him a bit because like and I I heard it's good. You know, even he was in GI Joe, and that was a shit movie. Which our uh, movie challenge episode is finished. That just has to go up because uh, we talk about that in Transformers too. Um, didn't we? Didn't we post that? Nope. 
still sitting on my hard drive. Really? I, thought... I was abducted. Did not have time to edit that one. You didn't. You never posted that up. Nope. That movie challenge episode is not up. Really? Nope. I could have sworn it was up. It's not up. Well, you got to get that up because that was some good stuff there. It definitely was. I disagree. I think it's up. No, it ain't up. Uh, I post everything to the site, so it's keep, not keep up. Talking. I'll, anyway, I'll look. Uh, you know, even in that movie, where it's a shit movie, I, uh, I it just he was excellent in it. He 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 was like the shining moment in the in those in that movie, and I I really think he did it because he was a fan of GI Joe. And that's the only reason why he did it because his. I think I think because it was loads of money and it was a major box office film. Well, yeah, well that, and I think. And let's be fair; he's only in it for like ten minutes. Right. I mean, yeah. As far as his face, I no, mean, no, not exactly. I mean, yeah. he's in the makeup, but. Oh no! It might have ruined that one for somebody. Oh well. <laughs> Spoiler alert: GI Joe sucks balls. Yeah. You can listen to the podcast Damn, when I. I get was that. hoping to sit through the whole film for that first. <laughs> But, you know, anyway... Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert! Bella chooses Edward. <laughs> ha! By, by the way, Twilight fans just as big of pussies as uh, Avatar fans. Oh, really? Or no, 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 they're worse. They're worse. I challenged them. I said, all right, any of you guys out there listening to this and disagree with me, I want to hear about it. And I got angry hate mail for my Avatar review. Oh, yeah. But uh, apparently, Nothing apparently Twilight. the Twilight films are a bunch of wimps. They're, they're not... I thought a it's bunch about of... about vampires that can sparkle. I, I, I thought on. I thought the the teenage have you ever pissed off a teenage girl? They are brutal. They are they are nasty. And I assumed by trashing their film, I would at least get some kind of hate mail or something. But no, I didn't even get like kicked in the shins. No, they they don't seem to really care because no. their movies are being made for them. You know, horribly. Yeah, poorly. Horribly. So, um, um, my favorite part of Inception. Yeah, uh, there's the scene near the end where he. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio wakes up on the beach yeah. and there's like this long, jagged shoreline on the side and the first thing on my mind is, oh, fuck, I'm on Shutter Island again. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's really playing a, a very similar character. He really is. It's... You know, he really, really is. And... It, and I will well, give... And you know what? That uh, Shutter Island was not supposed to come out in February. Uh, you know, just a mere, what, five months before this one. It was actually supposed to come out in October... But they kept pushing it. Well, the problem that the reason why they pushed it was because Paranormal Activity was coming out, Saw was coming out. Have you seen this? I'm sorry, I, I, I've seen parts of the trailer for Paranormal <laughs> too. <laughs> Are you okay? How bad does that look? Yeah. How bad does that look, dude? <laughs> I'd rather see Tangled. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, to get back on track. Um, uh, Shutter Island was not supposed to come out in February. It was actually supposed to come out in October for Halloween because it definitely, uh, it, it definitely has that kind of tension, you know, to the film where it would it could fit in a Halloween, you know, market. But the reason you know they didn't was because Paranormal Activity and Saw and, and there was like a, another film that was coming out a couple of weeks earlier. It, they felt that it would have had too much competition and they did not have the marketing. Uh, to you know, push it as hard as they would have wanted to against those bona fide horror movies. Right. So they decided to hold it back, and then they released it in February. So there would have been more time. Uh, there would have been more time between the movies if they had released it in October, like they wanted. And not that they wouldn't have made that connection for Shutter Island and Inception, but it probably wouldn't have been as 
because the movies are only about four or five months apart, so it wouldn't have been as apparent. You know, and I'll give DiCaprio a lot of credit right? because he came from doing like after like Titanic. Everyone really thought his career was going to even, well, every, even Stephen Dorff. They thought they thought it well. Thought. Stephen Dorff, yeah, the <laughs> Dorff needs no helmet. Uh, everybody thought that he was going to keep doing the Pretty Boy stuff, and I think he kind of right. rebelled against that, doing stuff like the Aviator. And then, uh, oh, Gangs, well, Gangs of New York was first. Gangs of New York, Aviator, Blood Diamond. He really tried to escape that and do gritty he, films. He has gotten, uh, but the, the, the there departed. Are plenty, the departed. There are plenty of people that don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, but I think they're still hung up on, on young, pretty, Titanic DiCaprio. I, I because ever think since so. that, he's really done everything Even he could. The, to the break very the first movie he did after Titanic was The Island. Which was directed by Danny Boyle. That was in the wrong direction. That was right. a, that was a bad call. You know that was that was directed by Danny Boyle, and um, so it, you know it, it just it, it kind of and that wasn't even a bad film. You know it really wasn't. So it, it just it's one of those things where you know it, it just he could have really went downhill with his career and i think he's just gotten consistently better yeah i, and, and I really really do. and honestly i i didn't watch blood diamonds i i never watched gangs of new york cuz i'm not into gangster films or scorsese right. uh but i uh he he really is good and i feel bad for him too cuz how old is he now he's got to be like he's uh i think he's a year younger than me i think he's 34 i feel i feel sad for him because because as old as he is he still can't manage more than that like that peach fuzz yeah 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 he's, he's sporting you know, it he, he's, he's, he's sporting older. his last two films it's like oh dude you can't even he's got like the gary way disease all i can get like a little little <laughs> like a little throat neck neck yeah. hair and yeah, he's um yeah he, he he's as he's getting older he's he's trying to grow more facial hair for much more mature roles, and but, it's and it's difficult because he has that kind of baby face where he needs it. That's the problem too. Yeah, he, yeah. he's he's he he looks older, but if he, without clean shaven, he really has kind of baby face, and he's going for tough, greedy characters. So normally, I would say if you can't grow a beard, don't try. Right. But in his case, he's got to do something. Right. Yeah. His acting is that good that he can pull do, it off. Shutter Island was amazing. I thought I he was loved, excellent in this. Loved Shutter Island. Yeah. I the soundtrack alone, which I own. Just, just, just the, the the score was just everything about Shutter Island was just everything that I think Scorsese should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I love Scorsese as a director, but Shutter Island was a departure from what he normally does. He was kind of, and I don't even want to use um, uh, Cape Fear as an example, but <laughs> Cape Fear was a dark film, and so was Shutter Island. But Shutter Island was on such a bigger level, you know, as far as how dark and gritty and good that it was. It was a psychological level. It was yeah, more of a he, psychological right. thriller. Right. He, uh, you know, the Cap- and that's also on that was awesome. And that Shutter Island is also a film where... Now, Shutter Island is a twist-ending film. Yeah. Shutter Island is a film where after the ending you have to go back and watch the film again and you see a whole new light. Inception is not a twist-ending film. Nope. There are no, t- there are no twists per se in, the, in that idea in the right. film. There are developments in the plot. There are maybe surprises in the plot. There are complications. But there are no, like, M. Night twists no. in this film. Anybody who tells you that wasn't paying attention, didn't get it. And if you if you know someone who saw the film and was confused by it, you make sure they're not driving. Yeah. <laughs> Have them get checked. Yeah. 
because there's really nothing confusing about it. It might be neurological damage. You know, it's make it's, sure they're not ingesting mercury. Well, here's the check, problem: check the water, tap water. That you could are be it. you are expected to pay attention during inception. So maybe that's part of the problem. A lot of people out there now are passive viewers. Everything has to be spoon fed to you. If you have to think, and this is not a big thinking film either. No, this is not. This isn't. No. Me- this is everything is laid out real nice and neat. This is not. You memento. just have to pay attention. This is not memento. Right, exactly. This, is, this isn't. Uh, this isn't a, a David Lynch film. Right. This is. Uh, this. This is. <laughs> this is. But this is a film where you really do want to kind of follow it. Right. You know, they're not just. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, you, me, and Dupree. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it just just see it. Don't listen to people mm. that they were confused. Just pay attention, and you will be fine. Yes, that's the only advice we can give you. You know, we obviously can't talk too much about it because we don't want to give anything away. Right. Not that there's any like real twist, but you should just go see it. That's just all we can really say. <clears throat> yeah, see that and see Despicable Me. Sure, I have to see it myself. So yes, but uh, do we want to end this episode? Uh, I, I had to end it with an apology. Okay. I had to make a formal apology. When I went to see Twilight, uh, I uh, I pulled up, and I, as I said in my previous podcast, the ticket person had asked me if, a, oh, Team Edward or Team Jacob. Oh, I know where this apology's yeah. going. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Uh, you do? I yeah. mentioned it? Uh, I don't know. Um, and uh, so I saw her again when I went to see Despicable Me. Okay. And she said, oh, did you like it? It's like, no, I really didn't. And we joked about it, and I said, actually, and I gave her my card for it. And uh, I was like, here's, 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 the, here's the movie, Sucktastic. You should go take a listen if you want to hear about it. Okay, cool. And then I drove away, and like half an hour into Despicable Me, actually, I didn't even think it hurt me to drive home. So wait a minute. And when I talked about her in the Twilight thing... You said she was fat. I, no, I didn't say fat. I said she was chubby or slightly you know, overweight. I which, knew this is where your apology and I, was going. And, and, I don't, and I didn't mean that in a negative way. I am, right. a, I am a overweight person myself. I am chubby, uh, girthful. And I just meant it as a descriptive thing. Right. And I called her goth because, and at the, again, she's wearing the Twilight shirt. She's got had this jet black hair. Right. And because I was distracted so much that I didn't get my change, I had to go back and get my change. The shape of her hair. I'm not. This is not. This, I haven't heard this part of the story. This is not a cop out. The shape of her. She's jet black hair, and the way it was rounded, or whatever, and the lighting or what have you. For some reason, in my mind, I thought she was slightly overweight, which again, not a negative thing right. when I say it. But when I went back for Despicable Me and talked to her and gave her the card, I noticed she's not. And she's not goth. She, Or as far as I know, she's not goth. But she just... The, the jet black hair, with the, which looked kind of goth, right. with, the, with the Team Edward shirt or whatever it was, or the Twilight shirt, made her appear goth to me. I think I was distracted by that night. So this is a formal apology to the ticket girl at Becky's Drive-In. You are not chubby. <laughs> chubby or not, she's an attractive person. It was not a negative comment. I didn't mean it as right. such. And if she's offended by me calling her goth too, again, it was just because of the hair and the twilight thing. Maybe you should, you know, correct your article then. No, I, 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 well, I correct in, in the written article. I don't call her chubby. Uh, no, I don't. I you t- don't. I took it out. But you did. No, I didn't. But it was there. But I took it out. But it, okay, it was there. Then. No. It never was. <laughs> okay. But this is a form of apology. Just because, I i mean, I didn't mean it as a bad thing. I did not insult her in any way. There was no insulting going on. She was a very nice girl. I, f- I feel really bad that I might have described her in a way that she, she would have found unflattering. Okay. So I just had to say that because n- normally if I talk bad about somebody, I don't give a shit. Right. But I didn't talk bad about her. But then I realized later, wow, the way I described her, she may not think that's flattering. Right. Even though it was not meant as unflattering. Gotcha. And I'm a, I'm a rude prick. 
but I'm also a softy when it comes to people that are nice. And she was a very and dealing with a lot of rude people in ticket booths. She was a nice person. Okay. So I didn't even get her name, and I don't even know if she listened to the podcast. But if she did, I hope she didn't get so pissed off. She didn't listen to this one. Well, this one will be going up soon. So yes, and hopefully uh, she'll listen to it before you go. To you know your what next you can also do. You know what you do. You should. Can you make this a separate? One on the player, you know, you have like the outtakes. Oh, sure. Make this like Scott's apology to the ticket girl at Becky's. <laughs> okay. All right, label I, I, that. I can do that. Keep it in the show, but label it separate too. You got it. Just, just that, so that's easy. So if she goes up, it's like, oh look, there's me. The asshole wants to say I'm sorry, <laughs> and I did. There you go. I uh, want. By, but I'm not, by the way, all the people I made fun of for bringing uh, their dogs to the drive-in, I'm yeah. not apologizing to them. Oh, fuck You're them. fucking morons, and I hope your dogs eat you alive. I mean, I have a dog. I would never think about bringing my dog to the drive-in. And if your dog... And you know what? I have a, a little 20-pound dog. I could bring my dog to the drive-in, and it wouldn't be a problem, and I wouldn't. And if your dog's bigger than a small pony, fuck you. <laughs> Leave it home. <laughs> all right. Well, let's end this show. Yes. And... Uh, We'll just get out of here because you know, uh, I'm starting think, to get hungry. Next episode, I would really like to cover Human Centipede because I've been promising to cover it for the past. I will make three sure. To, four I will make sure to watch it by then. We'll watch Human Centipede, and you you want to do anything else? You want to you want to throw the Fury out there and challenge me? That I would love to challenge you to the Fury. All right, if we don't see anything new worth reviewing, we'll do uh, Human. I'll challenge you to Human Centipede, and you challenge me to, to uh, the, the Fury. Fury, and we'll do that. That sounds perfect. All right, all right. Well, let's get the hell out of here. Any words of wisdom for our, our parting guests here? Stay clear of people in blue face. It's the only thing I can recommend. If they start talking Navi to you, run. And and just remember, as I, as I got... Oh, also, I'm sorry. Shit, we should have done this beginning. Real quick, uh, moviesucktest.com. Oh, right. You can get our podcast from there. You can get our blog from there. You can get my blog from there. You can buy my books from there. You, uh, we have to start posting, posting more of the reviews to the site. We okay. have been doing that. Sure. A little minor thing. Um, also, we have a moviesucktastic community at lunch.com. Where I post reviews there as well. You can repost, you can post your own bad movie reviews at lunch.com at the Movie Sucktastic community. And if we like it, I'll repost it on the blog. I would like to do that more. I'd even like to get some guest re- speakers in. So if you like to review bad films, go to lunch.com. Start putting your bad movie reviews there for us. It's a little offshoot. And if we like it, like I said, I'll put it on the blog. Um, there's all that stuff. Lunch.com, moviesucktastic.com. You can you reach podcast.com, podcastalley.com, iTunes. iTunes. We're on iTunes. If you're listening to us on, on iTunes, please review us on iTunes. Yeah, please. I'm begging you. I'll, we just we have a lot of listeners. I, the the, the, the uh, bandwidth has been rising. We've been gaining ground. Yes, but everybody, a lot of gigs but, every month. But podcast audiences are pretty silent, and we need you just just post a review on iTunes saying that we're cool and that other people should listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know it's, cool, it's, we sexy, do this as much for you as we do it. for ourselves. So any positive reviews will just help us keep doing this. Yeah, and you can email at us. Please, read your email at the movie guys at moviesucktastic.com or you can reach me directly at smichaelwilson.com um, uh, or you run to my site, but you can um, Scott at smichaelwilson.com if you want to yell at me personally and don't want Joey to see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any uh, death threats and and um, marriage proposals all go to the same email. That's right. Scott at smichaelwilson.com. And uh, you know when the Avatar fans try to abduct me again, I'm ready for you. Right. And please just remember because I've been dealing with this a lot lately, and I got to reiterate: just because you like a film doesn't make it suck any less. I like that. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Goodbye. See ya.